I'd like to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, if you would, chapter 21, verse 12 to 17. Matthew. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, who are we that God would be so mindful of and pour His blessings out upon us without limits? Praise God. Matthew 21, verse 12 to 17. Amen. And Jesus said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priest had scribes saw the wonderful thing that he did, the children cried in the temple and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, David, they were so displeased. Verse 16, he said unto them, hear this. And Jesus said, Have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes, suckling, are made perfect praise. He left them and he went out into the city. Jesus had just cleansed the temple. He turned over the money exchanger's table. Brother Sam preached on this a few months ago. How he made a whip and literally drove them out. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence has to take it before us. Anything anybody gets from the kingdom of God they're going to have to get violent. And I'm not talking about physical violence but violent in the spirit. He drove them out, Brother James. He turned over the money exchanger's table. And when he got all the temple clean then signs and miracles began to take place. The lame came, the blind came because the temple was clean. God was there in the temple. Jesus was there working and that's what God wants in my life and your life. He wants to be in this temple. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He's not talking about this building. He's talking about our body is a temple of prayer. It's where Christ rules and he wants to be the all of authority in our lives. Moses told, God told Moses, I want you to tell Aaron and his two sons they're to wash their feet and their hands in the brazen laver. The brazen laver, laver, we'll come back here in a minute, is a type of Jesus Christ. It's a type of him. And it said he had brazen feet. And they were to wash their hands and their feet before they went in the meeting of the temples or before they went in the holies of holies. He said, if they don't, they're going to die. We must be cleansed by Jesus Christ. We must stay cleansed for him to work in our lives. There's no room in a Christian's life for bitter, angry, speaking evil, fault-finding. That is unclean. I've made a covenant with God. I'm not going to think no evil. I'm not going to think bad about nobody. That spirit comes in me. I'm going to rebuke it and cast it out. 
because God has to have a clean temple to work in. And so he told them that, to go do that. And so they went and did it. Revelation 1 and 6, he said he's made us kings and priests unto God and his faith. Another translation said he made you a royal race, what he made you. And when John the Revelator saw Jesus, he fell down as a dead person. And he fell down at his feet, and this is what he saw. His feet was fine brass as it had been in the fire. Going back to the laver, the laver is the word of God. Jesus was the laver. He was the word of God. He is what has to wash us. The Bible said you're washed by the word. The book of James said the labor or the word of God is like a looking glass. When you look in it, Brother Michael, you see what manner of man is. And when you see what manner of person you are, then you ought to become what God wants us to become. We need to get rid of when we get a, in the labor, there was a reflection. You can see a reflection. And so we know that Jesus is that person, the labor, when he saw him there. The kingdom of God. And Jeremiah... He said, he, he said that men has made the temple of God of evil. Men, you and I have the ability to make this temple evil. Or we have the ability to keep it clean with the authority of God. When an evil spirit comes in us, judgmental, fault finding, and those kind of things, that is evil, that is corrupt. That keeps the power of God from working in our lives. And also said in the book of Revelation, you're bathed in the blood of Jesus. You'll say amen. Without the blood of Jesus, our sins still remains. It is the blood of Jesus that makes our sins white as snow. In the book of John, it said that Jesus lives inside you. The blood is inside of you. And it keeps you cleansed all the time. We don't have to work in the flesh. we got to work in the spirit. Too many Christians are trying to live their life in the flesh. They're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. But all we have to do is surrender to God, and God is going to take care of it. How many believe that? I tell you, I believe there's some wonderful thing waiting on us and happening right now, the wonderful things of God. And the Bible said, and these children cried out. Scholars has a time with that because children were not supposed to be in the temple. They had no rights in the temple. But when Jesus did what he did, the children cried out unto him and worshiped him. And Jesus said, if you don't worship me and cry out to me, i got rocks that will do it. Amen? God has a plan for your life. We're going to come to this here in just a few minutes to have you to do greater things than what you ever imagined you could do in your life. God is doing the work, not us. It's God in us. I have a little problem with this sometime when God tells me something. I'm going to share with you what he told me Sunday morning. Sitting right there, Brother James, sometimes I don't want to do what God says to do. Because people might think, well, that's you. But God said, listen, I, 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 I'm the one that's going to do it. All, all you got to do is just do what I say do. How many believe all you got to do is do what God says do? All we got to do is be a doer of the word of God and God will do the work. Hallelujah. Luke 19:37. He rode that donkey. He sent a man said, go tell him, get that donkey that had never been ridden before. If you know anything about animals, I guarantee you, 
If you have never been on one for the first time, he is going to rebel. I don't care. I've raised on a farm. We had a meal one time. We tried everything in the world to ride that mule. We had people to come around from a little parts of the country to ride that mule. But he was a rebellious mule. He would work, but you wouldn't let you ride him. And Jesus said, loose him. I want you to know I feel in my spirit God is telling us, I want you to get loose. Hallelujah. You may never been under the influence of the Holy Ghost before, but God wants to get in your life and rule your life and guide your life like you've never been ruled and guided before. He's not a rough taskmaster. He's not a bad taskmaster. That donkey carried him right through them streets and never bucked one time, never jumped to the road one time. And they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. Listen, God has a great plan for our lives. Amen. And the devil says no, but God is saying this. But I hope I can see it. You're going to see it. Amen. I said you're going to see it. We have to speak what we want. God tells us to speak. And blessing the king cometh now. The king is coming. And I believe he's coming back to this earth one day, but he's coming now, today, right now, to rule in our lives. How many believe he wants to rule in your life? Amen. The man was all over us, all over, all over us one time, called me to the office and with another man and he dressed me down. He said, don't you never do again what you've done. I said, you wrote a letter to Austin and named me as a director and all the correspondents come to my desk and didn't come across your desk. If you wanted to come across your desk, you write and tell them. He said, well, just go and do what you're told to do. Just go and get out of here. I want you to know God is wanting to use you. Somebody ought to say amen. God wants to use me. God wants to use me like you've never been used before, like Brother Ken coming down here. Hallelujah. We believe that there's healing taking place this morning in your life. Amen. If you've been prayed for this morning, Sister Linda mentioned the Wednesday night Sunday school class, when you get prayed for and you don't get healed, that it does not mean you're not healed. It means a healing process is started in your life. A miracle is instantaneously. A healing is a process. You are automatically have the hand of God on your life. You are healed. I don't know when it's going to take place and manifest itself, but you are already healed because the Word of God says you are healed. Amen? You need to start walking. When brother, sister, not, sister Rhonda broke her leg and they wanted to put some spats in there and all them screws in there, she said, you're not putting no screws in my leg. And she told us when you walk down that drive, you stomp your leg and said it's going to hurt real bad. And she did. And they could not believe how she had healed because she did what the doctor said. Amen? I believe in doctors, but the doctors can't heal you. They can treat the symptom. Doctor told Peggy that many times, that I can't heal you. All I can do is treat your symptom. And sometimes the devil gets us messed up and says, well, let's all pray the doctor can find out what's wrong with you or he can fix it. He can't fix it. But I tell you, there's a chief physician can fix anything in your life. Let's come on, let's pray the chief physician will fix it. Amen. He's not going to fix the symptom. He's going to fix you. Praise God. He's going to make you well again. Hallelujah. Praise God. By his stripes we're healed. And Revelation said you're living and washed in the blood of Jesus. You have no sin. You're shout hallelujah. Because you're washed in the blood of Jesus. Wonderful things is going to happen. Wonderful things is happening. Praise God. Except you come as little children, Jesus said. 
you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. Psalms 8 and 2 says, Out of the mouth of the babes, sucklings, has he ordained strength. Hmm. The Lord has called us sheep. It was David that killed the bear and the lion. Sheep has no protection. We have no defense against the devil. It's only what Christ has given us strength against the devil, and that is the living Word of God. When we learn to trust in Him completely for everything in our lives, we will see a difference in our lives. When we learn to trust Him completely in our lives, not trust in ourselves. Cleansing brings power. It'll bring power. Most people like to clean house. I've seen some didn't, but I tell you, most people like to clean house. God likes a clean temple. Hallelujah. When you get to become a Christian, you're no longer yourself. If you ever, Maggie, she was in the Air Force, but if you've ever been in the branch of service, the day you say, I do, is the day you lose all your, hmm? you no longer yourself anymore. You belong to them. Went to Great Lakes, Illinois, and they had me a number that stood on all of us, was all was just me and them. There we stood. We stripped off everything we owned. There we stood in our birthday suit. They hand you a bag and said, put all your stuff in this bag and put your name on it. We're going to send it home. From now on, this is what you're going to wear and this is what you're going to eat. You say, well, that's bad. That's what God is saying to us. You're mine and I want you and I'm going to do the best in your life if you will strip yourself of all that you are and turn yourself over to me. Hallelujah. I have a great plan for your life that you cannot even imagine. We cannot imagine. I have not seen and ears not heard what God has planned for those that love God. Well, I believe it in heaven. I'm talking about right now. I believe I'm going to heaven, but I believe God's got something now that we ain't never seen and never felt before in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. I mentioned Sunday school class this morning. Something I watched. They, they talked to this young black girl. Got a few kids. Got talk, they talked to this um, Chinese raised in China. Come to this country. They're rising up. A little black girl that went to the school and told the teachers and told the the, the labor union all said, you're not going to teach my kids that stuff. She's making an impact. Amen. That Chinese girl is making an impact. There could be another Esther. There could be another Deborah. Yeah. There could be something in your life when God moves on you to move out. God is, I believe God's moving on them. But I believe God, they're going to make a difference. Yeah. It, it's not me and it's not you. It's God in us that's going to make the difference. Praise God. Hallelujah. God called Barak to do it, and Barak said, I'm not going to do it. God called Deborah, Deborah said, I'll do it. Barak said, I'll go with you. And Deborah said, well, you can go with us and help fight the battle, but you're not going to get no credit, you're not going to get no gold, and you're not going to get no honor because you would refuse it. Catherine Kuhlman told her, God told her, said, I offer the anointing that you have to four different men, and they refuse it because the anointing is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you to spend some time by yourself. Peggy's had to spend a lot of time by herself. But I guarantee you, God has rewarded us abundantly for her. God loves a clean house. Out of the old, new wine anointing. 
You cannot put new wine in an old bottle. You ought to say with me, I want to be filled new wine. New wine. Wine destroys the yoke. It's a new anointing that we must have every day. Didn't get no amen. Ephesians said you must be renewed. When I first got in the church, they said you only get the Holy Ghost one time. That is not true. They got it in Acts 4 again, throughout the book of Acts and the book of Ephesians. It says be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to get that here in a minute. Just in a minute now. Importance of staying full of the new wine, the new things of God. Before the walls of Jericho come down, what did they have to do? They marched around it seven days, carrying the ram horns, blowing the ram horn all the time, and blowing it around on the seventh day. What did they have to do on the seventh day? They had to shout. Hmm? How many believe it's time for the church to start learning how to shout? If we want to see things come down, we're going to have to get enthusiastic and shout. Praise God. Gideon's army was told to shout before they could get the victory. Got to learn how to shout. Shout the things of God. John the Baptist was the last high priest that Israel had. The last. He's the last high priest of the Old Testament. He only lived six months. I mean, 30 years and six months. But he preached the message that the brother, they came from around the four corners of the earth to hear this man had eaten locusts. That meant berries. Camel's hair. He said, There's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlace, but he will take away your sins. That ought to be one of the greatest things in our lives to believe that our sins had been removed from us. He said, Not only he'll take away your sins, he's going to anoint you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoes. But that's what he's going to do. Listen, what Jesus come to do is to fill you with the Holy Ghost and cleanse your temple and get all of that stuff out of there and get the fire of God in there. Brother Ken talking in the class this morning about the chaff. Ken, when I was a kid coming up, you'd beat the peas, put them in a toast sack and beat them with a baseball bat. Then you pour them in a wash tub. And then you held it up into the wind like this and poured it in that wash tub. And that wind blew all that chaff and stuff away. And you kept doing it over and over again where you didn't have nothing but pure peas. Listen, God wants to keep filling us over and over and over again with the wind of God and with the Holy Ghost of God until all this chaff is blown away. All this is not right with God get blown away. And He blesses our life beyond what we can ever imagine. But he can't bless it as long as that chaff is there. He's got to blow it away. He's got to get it out of there. Praise God. New wine. Got to stay full of the new wine. Why do you always transgress the commandments of God? By your tradition. 
One of the greatest enemies of the cross in the church is tradition. That's what Jesus said, tradition. Holding on to the past will hinder the flow of God in our lives. It will stop the anointing of God in our lives. It will stop miracles and signs and wonders in our lives. Holding on to the past. What used to be. I hear people sometimes say, well, it's not like it was at Old Calvary. I'm not at Old Calvary. I want a new anointing. Brother Don touched on that. I want something new and something fresh. The guy, the pastor of the church told me some time ago, said, I don't know what y'all did down here, but y'all did something. The anointing of God down here is so strong, has blessed us so much. We have to have something new here. You cannot have and live on what you had yesterday. You got to get rid of that thing. You got to put on some new garments, a new praise, a new way of God, and walk a new life with God to get new things from God. Revelation 21.5 said, Behold, I make all things new. How many want to be made new this morning? Praise God. He told him, said, I bore you on eagle's wings. An eagle normally lives on fresh live fish. You ever watched them? A, a movie on, uh, on them? When they, that mother leaves that nest and spreads them wings, I forgot how fast she can fly, but can, she can see one mile away a fish under so many feet of water. And down she goes, just this, and, and all of a sudden them feet come out and grabs that fish and pulls it up and she takes it back. She lives off of fresh fish, but sometimes she will eat something dead. Sometimes she will eat on a dead deer been shot, has lead poison. It does two things to that eagle. It either kill that eagle, make that eagle sick, or it kills that eagle. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we're still feeding on some death. It's dead experience. It's going to make us sick, and it's going to kill the anointing of God in our life, and we're not going to see what God has planned for our life because we're holding on to what yesterday or a tradition is keeping us from being what God wants us to be. God wants us to do better than what we've done. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm going to go a little bit further. I am going to see it. I'm going to see it. Jesus cleansed the temple. God is still saying, I do new things. He's still saying, I'm going to do new things. I'm going to do new things. His blood has cleansed us from all of our sins. It says in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask, and all that you can imagine according to the power that worketh in us. David says in 92.10, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. How many believe it's time to have a house cleaning? How many times it's believed to empty things out of our lives that shouldn't be in our lives? David said, Lord, examine me, Lord, and let me know if anything in my life should not be in my life, help me to get it out. David said, I am going to be anointed with new, fresh oil. The word fresh there means all things new. It means you're going to be anointed and make you prosperous and make you flourish. How many want to be prosperous in the Spirit? That's the first thing we ought to want to be prosperous in the Spirit. What would he gain? I talked to a man many years ago. Before I was ever in the ministry. Businessman. Worth lots of money. 
he was telling us that I just got back from a funeral. And then he started to cry and telling me about the funeral. He said, I hope they can say some good things about me like they said about that man, how much I've accomplished in this life. Church, it doesn't matter how much we accomplish in this life, physically, maturely, all of the things when we're laying on a deathbed, what's going to matter is how much we have walked with God and kept the commandments of God and kept the faith and fought a good fight and finished our course. Because the materialistic things that we have in this life, the day we die, they're going to belong to somebody else. Things that we worked so hard, we gave up so much to try to get, it's gone to somebody else. The only thing going to count is what we got laid up in heaven. What we have stored up in heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Something good is in the air. The Bible said you shall receive the power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Job said 2020 says this. My glory was fresh inside me. How many believe we need a new fresh glory of God every day of our lives? something fresh anointing in our lives every day of our lives this spirit spoke to me if you read the book of Ezekiel you find out many times the spirit spoke to Ezekiel several times it would pick him up and stand him up but one day he picked him up as I sat there Sunday morning I don't want you thinking I'm somebody but the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and told me to say this what he told Ezekiel. He said, I'm going to take you down to the valley of the dry bones. And what I want you to start doing is what I told Ezekiel to do. I want you to speak to the things that you think is impossible and you think it has no life in it. I want you to boldly to speak my word of God. I speak healing every day over Peggy's life. Healed it, she's not healed, but I'm still going to speak it as long as there's breath in my life. One day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen in your life. God said, I want you to boldly speak what I tell you to speak and have no fear about it. Listen, you got to have faith. You got to do more than just speak it. You're going to have to have some faith to see this thing come past. He spoke to the valley of the dry bone. There is a Lazarus generation coming like we've never seen before. Amen. It's right outside our doors. Amen. Not too long before Mother Teresa died, she preached in New York City, one of the large places there, and she walked in and had lame people, blind, poor, all types of people laying there at the door. Mm. You ought to watch some things about what's going on in California about our veterans living on the streets, hungry, no food. It's fought to keep this world clean and fought to keep where anybody could have freedom and liberty. But we're ignoring them and we're putting our eyes on somebody else. I'm not trying to get into politics, but there's people right here in among all churches. Kenneth Copeland said a few many years ago, God is going to judge the church because we lock our facilities up, we lock our life centers up, and we don't want to have nobody in there because we're afraid they're going to tear up something when they're hungry and starving and they need something. There's a Lazarus generation. The Lord is saying there's a Lazarus generation laying right outside the dirt church door. They took up a large offering to give Mother Teresa. She refused to take it, said, I will not take that offering. 
While you come into this church tonight, all kinds of people out there need that money worse than I do. They need to be fed. You take that money and go out there and buy something and start feeding them. There's going to people going to come out. Brother James, I, I think he's got a message that God can take the stake off of you. Is that right? Hallelujah. And they said, Jesus, his storm said, four days dead. What's happened to you after you're four days dead? Your flesh starts falling off your bones. He'd been dead four days. But Jesus walked up there and they all laughed at him, laughed into scorn. But he stood there and he looked out across that and I believe that's what God is telling me to do. I want you to start looking not at things is, but I want you to call life where there's death. I call life this morning into this church and into this city and over this city where the power of God can move and change things. I mean... Well, God can, Brother Melvin's back in, back in St. Michael rehab. He thought he was going to get to come home from the hospital. And I talked to him the other day and he said, No, you're not able to go home. You're going to have to go to rehab. Oh, God. I don't know whether y'all with me this morning or not, but there, it, we need a miracle working in our midst. People are lost and undone without God. Hallelujah, Billy Corn been in that kind of shape of I don't know how long. It's time for he to get healed. There's time to walk to the valley of the dry bones and start saying you get life in you. You come up out of there. Praise God. Not going to just preach it from this pulpit, but I'm going to preach it at home. I'm going to preach it in the night. When I wake up in the night, I'm going to preach it and I'm going to say it because God said say it. We're going to say it. And we're going to see some Lazarus come out of the grave like we've never seen before. And I'm not talking about it maybe down in the grave, but they in a grave of multitudes of sin and transgression of the things of God they need to know God praise God hallelujah the wonderful blessings of God the spirit spoke to me and said prophesy unto the bones say unto them Hear the word of the Lord. That's all Ezekiel had to say. Hear the word of the Lord. Elijah asked Elisha, said, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion of what you got. I want a double portion of what you got. He said, if you see me when you go away, and Sister Linda mentioned something, I don't know where you realize what you said Sunday, Wednesday night at church. That is the key. Our eyes has got to stay on our Jesus Christ because He is our source. When our eyes on everything but our source, we're not going to get what God has planned for us. Elijah said, you ask a hard thing, but if you keep your eyes on me when I go away, I know this is an old story. That Bible's old too. The Word of God is old too. You can have it. But he stood there and watched him go up in the air. Fiery church carried him up in the air. Elisha reached down and picked up that mantle and pulled it up and put it on his shoulder and walked down to Jordan and threw that thing back and smote that Jordan and said, Where is the God? Mm. Where is the God of Elijah? And that Jordan split open and rolled back. Now here's what I want to mention. Elijah's school of prayer, school of prophets. They said, let us go look for Elisha. 
Let's go see if we can't find him. The Lord has picked him up before and carried him off. You read there. How many times the Lord just picked him up? I'm preaching to myself. I want that kind of anointing in my life where God can just pick me up like he did in Acts 8 and carry me to another place. You said, well, that, I'm, I'm going to just tell you what other people said. Well, that was, that was then and this is, that was then and this is now. God has not changed. I'm looking for God to pick you up and take you over. He's the same God. All he needs is somebody that's hungry for anointing of God. Not a hunger to follow Elijah. Elijah's time's over with. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Elijah's time is over with. Elijah's gone. You need to quit looking for the Elijah anointing. Look for the Christ anointing from Christ. Elisha's anointing. Elisha tried to talk them out of it. You cannot live on yesterday. You're going to have to have something new and fresh today. Amen? We all know fresh vegetables are good for you. Is that right? Peggy's friend in Houston, they're having some heart problems right now. And the doctor told him, he said, you're going to have to quit eating that canned stuff. You're going to get rid of that salt. But we like that canned stuff. You go down to the grocery store, get it, come home, pop it in that thing, pour it in the pan, pack it in the microwave, and you got a meal. Said you're gonna have to quit that. She said, We've been told that before. I mean, we've been told this before, but it's time to do it. Amen. He said, Take that can, put it under the faucet, and wash all that peas, wash them peas and water, and then, then eat it. Amen. Listen, we're eating some things that we ought not to be eating spiritually. It's affecting our relationship with God. It's all right to watch the news, but when that news starts getting in you and troubling you and causing you a problem, you're affecting your relationship with the Almighty God. Our eyes, when we want the anointing of God, is going to have to stay on what God is saying and what God is doing. Amen? And the only way you can do that is in prayer and in the Word of God. Elisha said, He's gone. They said, well, let's go look for Him. The Lord might have just picked Him up and set Him down over somewhere. That's glory to God. Some people are looking at what happened yesterday. I'm not looking at what happened down in the old Calvary. That's over with. I'm looking for a new anointing here in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. Elisha said, Elijah is gone. Let him be gone. But let there, glory to God, let there a greater anointing come on us than what was on Elisha. Let there a greater anointing come on us than what was yesterday among the other people of God. Let there be a glory of God like we've never seen and witnessed before in the body of Christ. Elisha said, go on. If you want to waste your time and wear yourself out looking for him, just go on. Look for him. And they worried themselves looking for him. Thought he was on this mountain. Thought he was on that mountain. Glory to God. When God told Ezekiel, said, I want you to prophesy to the dry bone. Ezekiel had been picked up many times. Read it. Read the book of Ezekiel. He'd been just picked up. That's an awesome thing, isn't it? Just pick you up and carry you over here. Pick you up and carry you over here. But God had a greater plan for Ezekiel. He wanted to show him something he had never seen before. He wanted to show him that really how great He is. How many know we don't really know how great God is? I'm saying we have no idea how great He is. When a man can walk up there and he looks at God, and God said, can them bones live? 
just, I'm just going to use my own understanding. He looked at God and said, ain't no way, buddy. They're dead and they're dried and they're separated. Ain't no way they can live. And God said, Ezekiel, I'm going to show you something greater. Oh, I'm going to show you something greater than you've ever seen. You think that's great? Mm. When I was a kid plowing a mule on the farm, I had Dick Tracy's funny books. Had Buck Rogers' funny books. Read them funny books. Dick Tracy would talk to his watch. Brother Sam's got one of them, I think. I think Judy's got one. She's a little crazy, you know. When you start talking to your watch, you know, you, you, you done been touched up here. Amen? Oh, but I'm telling you, we're there. Is that right? They said that will never happen. You will never see the day when you can talk into a wristwatch. We're seeing the day. Buck Rogers would get in that thing and go to the moon. They said it'll never happen. John F. Kennedy proved it can happen. God wanted to prove to Ezekiel that through him he could speak the words of God. It was not about Ezekiel. Church is about God demonstrating his greater ability to us to a lost, troubled world that's full of dead men's dry bones and God wants to see them to get up and he's going to use us to do it. He's going to use us mightily to do it. Hallelujah. So don't be surprised when God tells you to do something. I want you to just get you a good imagination. When I was a kid, I had imagination. My sister used to tell me you ought to write short stories with that imagination. Some of them are lies, but anyhow. But you need to have an imagination about what God... How many of you know God paints pictures? He gives you pictures of things. He gives you symbols of things. He gives us a symbol of the labor. had brass feet on it. Shine bright. And the labor would... You could look at it and see yourself. And when... Glory to God. When John the Revelator fell down at Jesus' feet, what did he see? Brass feet. Amen. He's seen the labor. Listen. How many know what foot washing is all about? When Jesus chose 12 disciples before he sent them out into the ministry, before he told them to go out and do things, the first thing he did was wash their feet. He said, not all of you dirty. What he was doing is following the practice of the high priest getting washed back in Exodus 33, somewhere along there. They had to wash their feet first before they could go into the ministry. These men had to have the high priest, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to wash their feet and get the dirt off of them and anoint them for their work before they ever started in the ministry. That's what he's got to do to us. He's got to get us clean. And he's going to keep us clean. There's two men on the road to Emmaus one time. And Jesus walked up beside them. How many know sometimes Jesus is walking beside of us and we don't even know it? How many know that Jesus is with you in the midst of a storm and you don't know him? Gene, I appreciate it. I've done listened to that tape and started all over again about Psalm 23 about this woman preaching on that. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now she was anointed. I am God, going to have no fear. Amen. Because she said the rod and the staff there with me. I mean, you know that you need to have no fear because God is with you in the shadow of death. Wherever you go, God is with you. Here they're walking. They're down and out. They're depressed. Jesus is gone. And left them like that. 
And he was just walking beside him, listening. I mean, you know, the Lord is walking beside of us when we're down and out and depressed and we don't even know it. Hmm? Amen. We're wondering where he is. He's right in here. He's trying our faith. And all of a sudden, the Bible said he opened the scriptures unto them. And all of a sudden, he revealed himself to them. How many of you ever had that to happen when you were depressed, sort of down and out, and all of a sudden, how many of you ever been reading the Bible? Like Sister Ruth said one time in the Sunday school class, she said, did y'all know that God wrote some new scriptures in the Bible last night? You know, it just shocked us. She said, yeah. Said, I don't know how many times I've read this book, but said, when I read it last night, said there were some new scriptures in there that had never been in there before. That's the way God does with the scripture. He'll show you something that you never knew that was there. He'll make a revelation unto you, and their hearts begin to burn inside of them. They were changed right then and there on the road of mail because God was with them and blessed them and anointed them opened the scriptures and their heart burned within them and they said would you go home with we and eat with us he said yeah I'll go with you how many you know God wants to go home and eat with you he wants to go home with you I don't know where it's time to quit or not but maybe it is Paul and Silas was in jail at the midnight hour Praise and worship and thanks to God cannot be overstressed when you're in a crisis. We cannot preach that enough. The praise and worship team cannot sing that enough. There they was in a crisis of their life, not knowing whether they were going to live or not. But they began to sing and worship and praise God at midnight. The midnight represents your crisis in your life. That's what midnight represents. And the man went to at midnight and knocked on the man's door. Said, I got to have some bread. At midnight, he was knocking on the door, but the man on the inside wouldn't get up and give him none. But the man kept knocking, said, I got to have. Persistence is what God looks for. He got up and gave him bread. As they sang and worshiped, praise God at midnight. At midnight. God heard their prayers. A lot of times I believe that we fail to get delivered because in our midnight hours, we do not worship and praise God. We do not knock for bread. When we don't get the answer, we keep knocking. We keep knocking. And they got what they were looking for because they praised and worshiped God. Book of Revelation. Have you ever seen a picture standing at the door knocking? There's not no doorknob on that side, that right? It's not it's not no handle there. But he's standing at the door knocking. How many times God is knocking? He said, if you'll open the door, if you'll let me in. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to the church. If you just open that door, I'll come in. And not only I'll come in, my father and I and I both will come in. And we'll both will sit down and sup with you. I wonder how many times we, we just 
fail to hear the knocking. Peg and I both hate to see our dog go. We know she's going to go. It's, I think we got her from sister. Uh, hmm. Who? Brienne. I think we got that dog in 2008. I think she's about nine months old. She done getting gray around her lips and gray around her feet and have to give her pills because her joints are getting bad. Mm -mm. She's not no dog that barks. But I guarantee you, when she barks, you better go look. I'm telling you, you better go look. There's something out there. There's either a car coming down that drive to your house. There's something out there. She will bark but a few times, but she's letting you know there's something out there. You say, what are you trying to say, Brother Billy? I'm saying that there's a lot of times God is knocking on our door and we'll shut up and, and He's saying, if you'll just open that door, I'll come in. I'll come in. Not only I'll come in, the Father and I both going to come in. And not only that, we're going to sit down and sup with you. We're going to have a meal with you. Amen? He sat down and ate a meal with the people on the Emmaus Road and their hearts burned within them. A lot of times I believe that we're so busy, we got God just shut out He's knocking on the door. He's persistent. He just keep on knocking. He said, if you'll open that door, I will come in there and we'll have a party. We'll have a party. I hear you knocking. He wants to come in. How many believe He wants to come in and live with us the kind of life that He has, a resurrected life, a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of gladness, a life of thanksgiving? And I believe we're going to be shocked for the type of people you see going to come. The Lazarus. Their life is destroyed. They're just destroyed. But they're coming. Y'all remember when Fred McCourt got baptized? How many remember that? They had him back there getting him ready. You know, he's a big man. He was so excited about getting baptized, he put both legs inside one leg of that baptism gown. That's, 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 he sure did. He had both legs in that one leg. And they said, Fred, you got to get them legs out of there and get them over here so we can get you in the baptism. He said, I ain't got time to get them legs out of there. I got to get in that baptism and I got to get in there now. I ain't got time to do that. Listen, he was ready and hungry for the Word of God and for baptism. We're going to see him come so hungry. We're going to see them come so hungry and look like the flesh is falling off the bones. And some of them are going to look so bad. Mm -mm. Y'all remember in Atlanta one time, I believe his name was Rex uh, Johnson from Dallas. You remember him preaching in Atlanta? Mm -hmm. He said he was preaching one time in his home church and this hippie was there back then, back in the 60s. They called them hippies. He said you couldn't believe, you'd had to see him to believe what he looked like. That he got up and said, if y'all just hold on a minute, said, I got to go. But said, y'all wait right here. I believe that's right. Something like that, right? Said, I'll be right back. Can y'all wait? I'll be right back. Brother Don, I don't know where you was there or not, but he said, I'll be right back now. Y'all just wait right here. And he left and he come back with 20-something of his friends and he baptized every one of them and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because it's God that draws people to him. It's God that draws the Lazarus out of the tomb. 
It was God spoke to the Lazarus with flesh falling off his bone with doubt and fear and worry all around said he's dead, he's stinking. But it's God that caused the Hallelujah. The valley of the dry bones to come alive. It was just Elijah, I mean, Ezekiel spoke it, but God done the work. God just leads a voice to speak and he'll do the work. He'll do the work. Amen. Praise God. Well, God bless you for listening this morning. But I believe we have to be a doer of the Word. Like these two young girls. And what they're doing, they're affecting their cities. They're very young. They asked that Chinese girl, said, what caused you to get involved? said, when I seen the burning of the cities, I just couldn't sit there and watch. I had to do something. I had to get involved. And she's making a difference. We cannot just sit and pray. Dr. Cho says you can't rend your city to God by knocking doors in prayer. You can't win a city by knocking doors. You've got to earnestly pray. He died, what, about a month ago? Something like that. And you ought to read what he left behind. Prayer is the key. That's the key. You can read about any revival book you want to read. Prayer is the key. You may not have to gather here to church to do it, but you can pray at home. You can pray. We are going to have a mighty revival. Because God wants people saved. So in closing, everything have breath, do what? Praise the Lord. When are you going to praise Him? In the midnight hour. You're going to praise Him. I can't pronounce. Keith might could help me. One of the greatest revivals ever broke out was with children. What was the name of that place, Keith? you remember? What did he say? No. This was just kids praying. Hebrews or something other. But one of the and another greatest revival that ever broke out was two women was invalid, laying on their bed at home, began to see the community need of revival. And they began to pray. All God needs is a mouth, and he will do the work. I want you to expect something to happen. While you on your road of Maus, God is with you. He's there. He's going to help us. Amen. God bless you for being here today. Brother Sam will be ministering next Sunday. That's another thing. The church should really pray for the ministry. Because when they get in the pulpit, be led by the Spirit of God. And the Word of God will have free course. When it's received, do it. Do what God says. Do what, what Mary say. Do what He says do. So God bless you for being here this morning. We thank you again. God bless you.